0: but I also wanted to use today to launch something that's brand new, and I'll put the screen up in a moment, which is going to be our focus for this year, well, what's left of this year. And I've recorded what I'm sharing with you um, on a video, and all of our congregations in our different locations are playing this this morning and starting this common focus together. I want us this year, what's left of this year now, starting next week, um, right the way through to the end year, be focusing on something that God's inspired in my heart. And I believe he wants us to understand in a bigger way than what we've understood. Not in a religious way, but in a life-giving way. And the theme that we're going to be looking at throughout the rest of this year is simply about prayer. And it's called House of Prayer. Now, we're going to be looking and talking about how can we be the praying people that God has called us to be. That's good, isn't it? That's important. See, prayer isn't a bolt-on in church. It's a major pillar. And we want to not be in a hurry with just another series, but say, come on, family church, let's focus the next few weeks, the next couple of months on talking about but also pressing in to experience in a greater way what prayer can be in our life. So today we start this new, brand new focus, this theme, House of Prayer. Now, I strongly believe that God inspired my heart with this back in May. I can remember where I was in May, where I suddenly really felt the Lord speaking to that inner part of who I am, Saying, Andy, I want to bring prayer into your life in a greater way. And I want to bring prayer into family church in a bigger, stronger way than you've ever known. Now, this is very much a call to prayer. It's amazing. I was sharing last week that me and Gina had the opportunity to go to Israel um, during our holiday to celebrate our anniversary. And when I was there I was reminded of what I'd also experienced when I'd been in Qatar and places like that That you have these huge towers and people who are Muslim in their religion have something called call to prayer where all of a sudden you're walking down the road has anyone ever experienced that and you hear this singing or this shrieking or this 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 these, and what it is is it's people in the towers calling the Islamic people to prayer now I sense in my heart that inside of me, not from a tower, I really feel the Lord calling family church to a fresh, brilliant, new understanding of what prayer is. It's amazing. Apparently, you know when we came in this morning, if you came for the prayer meeting at 10 o'clock, you heard the beautiful church bells of St. Mary's. Apparently, the church bells, the purpose behind the church bells was exactly what people of islamic belief do it's a call to prayer when they rang the bells in the morning it was to remind the christians to pray i really sense that god is saying to us it's time to pray not in a boring legalistic religious way but in a way that's fresh and inspired by the holy spirit Now don't get me wrong, family church has always been a praying church. I'm not standing here today saying, here's a good idea family church, we're 26 years old, why don't we start praying? We've always been a prayerful church, we've always been a church that valued prayer. I just sense that we're standing in a God moment, a Kairos moment, where God is saying, I want to meet you in a conversation about prayer, and I want to show you prayer in a way that's maybe bigger or better than you've ever seen before. Now, that's not just about us praying together as a church, but also our individual prayer lives. Now, this is good timing, isn't it? When you look at the condition of the world, so many people that don't know Jesus are confused, they're disturbed, they're perturbed, they're disrupted, they're worried. God doesn't want us as his people to be living like that. Now, the Bible says we're in the world, but we're not of the world. Even though people that don't know Jesus may experience hearts failing them from worry of what's coming upon them, that's not our portion, amen? We're to be followers of Christ, a people of faith. But the way that we will stand strong in troubling times is to be a people that are in communication, not weekly, daily with the Lord. What's communication daily with the Lord called? Prayer. Next week, Pastor Gina is going to be launching off our series with that simple question, what is prayer? We're not going to try and be difficult over the next few weeks. We're going to talk about really simple things that give us a heart to want to pray. Now, Jesus was passionate (coughs) about prayer in the church 2000 years ago. And he's also passionate about prayer in the church today. Jesus in Matthew 16, 18, he said, "'I will build my church, "'and the gates of hell will not prevail against it.'" We love that verse, don't we? Jesus said, "'I will build my church.'" Number one, he's building it. Number two, it's his. I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Now to be a church that experiences the gates of hell not prevailing against us, means that we need to build church with Jesus according to his blueprint, right? We can't build a church that we think we want to see, that's different to the church that he's told us to build and expect what he's promised. But if we build church according to how he tells us to build church, focus on what he tells us to focus on, we can have a confidence that this is gonna be our best days yet. Now, Jesus said he would build his church and the gates of hell would not prevail against it. But he also said that his house would be a house of prayer. So we can't be busy building the house of God and ignoring prayer. If Jesus said two things, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail it, my church will be a house of prayer. We need to put two and two together and say, all right, if we're going to build the church that God's going to flow through and make a difference with in this generation, prayer isn't going to be a bolt-on. It's going to be a significant part of the lifestyle remember church isn't a building we have buildings church isn't a meeting we have meetings church is a community of people who have committed to be followers of Jesus as a church we want to commit Holy Spirit will you teach us to pray in a stronger more powerful way than maybe we've ever known let me read you these verses from Matthew 21 verses 12 to 13 Jesus entered the temple courts and drove out all who were buying and selling there. He overturned tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves. He said, it is written, my house will be called a house of prayer or a house of praying, but you are making it a den of robbers. Now, no way am I saying we've made family church a den of robbers. But what I am saying is sometimes I think we can all be guilty Of putting focus on things that are really important, but actually forgetting what's most important. Does that make sense? All the initiatives and the things that we do to touch a world that's dying are important, but we need to not sacrifice great for good. Now, according to Jesus, his house, the church, is to be a house of prayer. Now, The church that you see in the book of Acts was born in prayer. Remember, as a church, family church, we're about 26 years old, 27 years old in about a month. But another way of looking at us is we're actually over 2,000 years old. Because we're a part of the same church that Jesus Christ opened the doors of 2,000 years ago. Right? We believe that. They're not a different church to us. Well, when we read about the day of Pentecost, we see it's the day when the Holy Spirit was poured out upon all flesh. But we also see it was the moment that the church was born. What was the church doing before it was born? They were praying. So they gathered for seven to 10 days and they prayed and suddenly in their prayer meeting, the Holy Spirit fell And the church of Jesus Christ was born. So the church was born out of a prayer meeting, right? But we're in a generation now where often we're trying to find a space for prayer. Can you see how far we've drifted? The early church was born out of a prayer meeting. Acts 2, Acts 4 tells us that they committed their lives daily to prayer as a part of their Christian lifestyle. But when you look at the 21st century church today, it's almost like, oh, we better find somewhere to pray. Oh, oh my goodness, we haven't prayed. Quick, somebody pray, right? Oh, we've got a busy week, but we better have a prayer meeting. We've got to see the Holy Spirit bring us back to understanding the power of prayer from desire, not from religious obligation. It's amazing. I've been pastoring now for about, Nearly 30 years. And what we've discovered is if you don't want people to come to a meeting, just put prayer on it. (laughs) If you put, we're going to have a prophetic meeting where everyone's going to get a word from God, they queue up at the doors. Put, anybody want a sandwich? They queue up at the doors. Fried chicken? Double queues. But the moment, it's like if you were planning and you said, how can we have a meeting where hardly anyone comes apart from a few faithful people? I know, let's add prayer to it. That always keeps people away. Come on, we've got to look at this. We've got to talk about this. If Jesus is building a church that's to be a house of prayer, a church where prayer is a major focus, not a bolt-on, we've got to stop family church and ask ourselves, what does prayer mean to us? Individually, what does prayer mean to Andy Elms? Does it mean what it should mean? What does prayer mean to us corporately? I was so thankful. I came here this morning at 10 o'clock for our pre-church prayer meeting, and it was buzzing. So many people making uh, the effort to come here for 10 to be a part. When I looked around, I was so thankful for Sean leading that, but I thought we ain't seen nothing yet. Days are coming where the room is packed and all we've done is come to pray for the meeting because we understand the relationship between the people praying and what God does next. So we want family church to be a house of prayer, not religiously, but a people that love to pray. My house will be a house of prayer. This has got two meanings for me. It means my house. This is my tent. This is where I live. But it also means our house. And I want us to be able to say, Jesus, we agree with you with the importance of prayer. We wanna go on this journey with you. The end result, I want my house to be a house of prayer, a place where there's a healthy personal prayer life. But also I want our house, our community of faith to be a place of powerful prayer. Another key focus verse that you're gonna be hearing a lot over the next few weeks is found in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. And it says, if my people who are called by my name will humble... Now, we're Christians, right? Anybody here a Christian? We're called by his name. We're followers of Jesus Christ. If my people who are called, because I know this is an Old Testament verse, but it's a New Testament reality. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, turn from any wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin, heal their land. That's powerful, isn't it? But can you see God promises a lot will happen to people that do something. A lot will happen, healing, salvation, will happen to those who what? Humble themselves the spirit of who you are in Christ loves to pray the flesh or the self or the eye of who you are would rather each toast and watch Netflix yeah you're a holy bunch no one's nodding in agreement there Come on, don't you often experience these two worlds? You wake up in the morning and you feel the Holy Spirit go, come on, let's meet Jesus in prayer. I don't mind, Andy, if you do it in your office or on a paddleboard, I'll meet you anywhere. I love getting out on my paddleboard. That gives me a big prayer room. And I forget sometimes other people are coming past me as I'm praying, but that's all right too. But when we talk about praying, he says if we humble ourselves, self is the bit that says I can't be bothered. I don't want to. I'm not feeling like it. Newsflash, when it comes to prayer, no one's asking you how you feel. And we need to be people that grab the collar of the self of who we are, that big old rebellious baby that does what it wants and brings it into the prayer room and says, do what the Holy Spirit's telling you to do. What are we then? A people who are led by the Spirit and no longer led by the flesh the self-life of you will never go into a prayer room but the spiritual you will have a problem leaving come on let's let the holy spirit meet us in this he said if we will humble ourselves come on self you get there where you need to be self you pray Get your prayer life up to another level. If you humble yourself, Jesus promises that he will forgive our sins. We humble ourselves, turn from our wicked ways. But also, he'll heal our land. That word heal is amazing. It means to make totally whole. Any, anybody got anything in the land of their life that needs to be made whole? Wow, we've got no needs. That's awesome. Of course we do. I've got things in my life. That are somewhat whole, but they're not totally whole, right? The Bible says the remedy for that is prayer. If you humble yourself, life and pray, He will hear your prayers, save you, and cause you to experience total wholeness in the land. Humble yourself and pray, and I will heal the land. Anybody think Portsmouth's got a few problems? Anybody? So how do we see our our land healed? We pray. According to the Bible, if we humble ourselves and pray, we can heal the land. Imagine what God could do if we did more time on our knees and we saw more things happen than we ever believed. Okay, time's nearly gone. So we're going to be starting this week across our congregations. Next week, online church, join us for a live service. That's going to be fun, isn't it? So if if you've got shift work or something like that in your world, now on the Sunday that you've got shift work, if you haven't, you get yourself here. Tell self we're going to church. It's not a replacement. But if you've got shift work, brilliant, you can join us for the next installment of our journey live on a Sunday morning but what we're going to be doing is we're going to be answering key questions we're not going to go so deep only a few can come with us we're going to look at subjects like what is prayer because if we don't know what it is and what it's not we will not ever get started will we next week Pastor Jean is going to be sharing on what is prayer Another thing we're going to look at is why should we pray? Another thing, how do we pray? How should we pray according to how the Bible teaches us? How do we have a healthy prayer life? What does it mean when we pray in the understanding and when we pray in the Holy Spirit? What's the difference between um, consecrative prayer and intercessory prayer? All of these things are subjects that we're not in a hurry with. Next week, we're going to start, and we've got a plan till the end of the year, till Christmas comes. But I want to tell you one thing up front. If God's moving and God ain't done, we ain't finished either. I really sense the Lord saying, Andy, I want to teach you and family church to pray in a way that's effective, life-shaping. I believe the success of our prayer is we won't be making ourselves do it anymore. We'll actually be helping each other to stop it because we've got other things to do. So he's going to meet us in this moment. I really believe that. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit helps us to pray as we ought when we don't know how. I've been walking with the Lord for over 30 years now. But in some ways, I'm humbling my life afresh. And I'm saying, God, I think I know, but I don't think I know as I should know. Holy Spirit, would you come and help me to understand how good my prayer life can be and what I've settled for? Holy Spirit, would you teach us to be able to pray so that when we pray, like the early church experienced Prisons open. We finish our services. And all of a sudden, we've got people running in telling us how they've been set free. And we stand back and we go, "Well, all we did different was we prayed. All we did different was we prayed. But actually, what was different when we prayed, we knew what we were doing. So, I want to encourage you to join me and the other leaders. Open hearts. Write the rest of the year off. If you were going to have a Sunday morning off to watch Netflix, no, 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 gone, done. Take this journey with us as we say, Lord, we hear a call to prayer. Our hearts say, Yes. Holy Spirit, teach us to pray. Excited? It's going to be awesome. If you're here today and you've never given your life to Jesus, maybe this is one of the first times you've ever been with us and you got to see a graduation. You got to hear me talk about a new series that's starting. A lot of the songs you may not have ever heard. But something touched your heart. I want to say to you, it's not something. It's someone. Jesus Christ is real. He really walked the earth 2,000 years ago and called fishermen and saved thieves on the cross. He was real. Jesus rose from the dead. He's real today, right now. And all he wants is a relationship with you. If you're here and you've never given your life to Jesus, maybe you've been away from God, distracted by religion, and you say, I want to start a relationship with Jesus. Would you pray with me? We're all going to pray as a church family. Are you ready? Let's pray this together. Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die on a cross for my sin And my old life. I believe in you, Jesus. And I receive the gift of salvation that comes from you alone. My sins are forgiven. My life made brand new. Jesus, I receive you as my Savior. Just my every eyes closed, every head's bowed. If you're here today and you've never prayed that prayer, you've been away from God and you know that you just prayed that prayer for you, I'm going to count to three and I'm going to ask you to lift your hand. I'm going to ask you to be bold, courageous, fearless. And as you do, you're just saying, I did that for me. Here we go. One, two, three. Is there anyone today? God bless you. We have two hands in the center. How awesome is that? Anybody else today, you say, I need to give my life to Jesus. I need to give my life to Jesus. God bless you. I see your hands, sir. Thank you for that. God bless you. There's a third, fourth hand there. God bless you. God bless you. Anybody else? Fifth person today, you say, me too. Come on, we're nearly done. This is your choice. This is your decision. No one's making you do anything. Father, I pray for these four people who have responded. And I thank you for their response. Holy Spirit, would you fill them now with your presence and your power. So that everything starts to change and go in your direction. I speak blessing over them in Jesus' name. Amen come on church let's show our praise and thanksgiving hey if you lift a couple of minutes don't go moving anyone yet if you've lifted your hand please just give us three or four minutes at the back there's a sign that says best decision ever we've got a bible for you we've got people that will want to know how we can help you more all right everybody ready for the blessing the lord bless you family church The Lord keep you, family church. The Lord make his face to shine on you, family church, and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you, family church, great peace.